Welcome to the Ballyhara Development Podcast Series entitled Community Reimagined. Community Reimagined is a campaign to support social enterprise in the Ballyhara region. Now, we want to get an insight into what social enterprises are and the challenges they face, but we also want to inspire people who may be thinking of something similar around the country and who might not know what a social enterprise is. So we're going to start. uh, Our theme today is about health. And I have Jess Angland with me from Schlie Ella. Now, Schlie Ella is a diverse uh, community of people who share a commitment to ensuring that mental health challenges do not stand in the way of people achieving a rich and fulfilling life. And I mean, again, isn't that what it's core to everything here, that people, no matter what their ability or disability, that they can lead a full life in the past that wasn't possible. You're providing that service now. So tell us a bit about Sliella, Jess. Yeah, so I suppose um, Stiella is a very unique project. Uh, was set up uh, quite a number of years ago now by a lady called Joan Hamilton. Um, I met her several times. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic yeah. lady whose whose daughter, I suppose, really had her own mental health cha- challenges. Mm. And at the time, there weren't a lot of supports for somebody except in and out to psychiatric units. And Joan had a fantastic vision because she had a vision about providing something different. And she wasn't a nurse specialist or no. she had nothing really to do with mental health. No. But because of her daughter's situation, she really invested yeah. time and yeah. energy into yeah. the Very passionate thing. about it. She Absolutely. had no mental health, social care background whatsoever. Um, set it up from scratch. What she did have, though, was a very good eye for enterprise and for, for I suppose, setting up enterprises. And that's how she initially funded Schliella. So Schliella Cuisine was the first social enterprise, which did, I mean, at that time they did brown bread, scones. Uh, where was that Char- based, Jess? That was based in Charleville here initially. And is that where the bakery still is? It still is, yeah. So right. initially she managed to get some funding to set up to buy a house, which we still have here in Smiths Road in Charleville, to set up. There was about five residents at that point in the house and the bakery was attached to it. And that provided, she got some funding from the HSE at that time and the bakery funded a lot. So how in initial stages then, how were people referred to Sliella? In the initial stages, and it's the same now, they can either self-refer themselves or they can get a referral to their mental health team. And and did you have to go out and sell that or how no. did how did people know that, you know, her, her approach would be of benefit? Yeah, to the people I think in the inis- initial stages, it was probably word of mouth. And right. also people were very desperate to look for something to support their loved ones and mm. themselves, mm. because at that time, the only really, I suppose, option was in and out of psychiatric hospital. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't a lot of supports and services as there are now. Right. But even now, we're the only one in the country. We're still a unique project. Yeah. Um, so I think it was probably a mixture of people looking for something, some kind of And help. was it mainly for young people? No, was across all ages, all ages uh, ranging from 21 upwards. Um, so at the moment, the average age of the tenants we would have last year, because I'm just doing this. Well, now, just go back now. We're on yeah. we're on Smith's Road yeah. um, and you have a house there with five people. In a shared house. In a shared house. And w- would they have seen, would you have been able to give them services earlier or was that where they started the work? I suppose they might have been in, like, it's a long time ago now and I wasn't around at that time, but right. they would have probably been in, you know, in a psychiatric unit and come out to live in Schliella's house in Charleville. Right. And okay. taking part in the bakery. So I suppose a lot of it would have been structure and routine and support. And did that really work then? 
It did, yeah. I think it did for people because it like it still works now. Yeah. That element of structure, routine and support. Right. Um, because when people come from a hospital, they may go back into their their family home and end up sitting in the room with no structure or routine, yeah. which of course doesn't yeah. help their mental health. Um and also I suppose the fact that you have, you know, round the clock support. Right. You're not feeling great. So that's you there is round the clock support. Yeah. There right. wasn't initially, but there is now. Right. So that was how many years ago? 20, 25 years uh, ago? No, not at all. 2006. No. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so not yeah. even 20 years no. ago. And what has been the progression then with the Ella since yeah, then? Yeah, so it's been an interesting progression. And so she started off, I suppose, with the bakery and the house. Then she managed to set up, I suppose, the farm, which is out in Churchtown. That's right, yeah. Um, which was the second social enterprise, which was providing a therapeutic and residential space for people. And that was the second social enterprise. And again, at this point, she was looking at ad hoc funding, bits of funding from the HSE and the funding that came from the two social enterprises. Mm. And luckily enough, or maybe not so much luck, but about five years ago, Shriella was very lucky to get Section 39 funding from the HSE. Explain that now to people. So Section 39 funding is very, very important because it provides an amount of funding annually. Now, you have to apply every year for it. Right. But it provides funding for So your it's not multi-annual as such, no, no. No, but, you know, I suppose the reality is it provides core funding for your staff and for the running costs. So you're no longer looking for pockets of money to provide. But sure, a lot of your time must have been taken up trying to do that. Uh, it's st- it still is. Like, right. I'm still doing it in that although we have Section 39 funding, it provides 90% of our, our funds. The 10% has to be found through grant aid, fundraising. And one of the things that's kind of hit us hard, probably as the same as every other charity, is the increase in energy costs because mm. they've mm. tripled in a year. Yeah, that's a big old place you have. Yeah. And we have a big old country house. Yeah, yeah, hard yeah. To eat. impossible to eat. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. How, how many people can you look after now? Or well, we're funded with? for 12 people um, and right. that's 12 people with severe like schizophrenia, bipolar um, diagnosis. I suppose we, I say diagnosis because that really doesn't come into it too much for us. When somebody comes to us, we accept the person in as, terms they of, as they are. Yeah. So although we have a report from their mental health team and their GP, we really accept that person mm. as they are and we work with them around what's happening right in this moment, you know. Mm. But it is, you know, it's the invisibility of mental illness. If you've yeah. broken arm or you've broken leg or you're out in spots, yeah. you know, you can see it. But with mental illness, you know, people are inclined to say to you, kind of pull yourself together. Yeah, or not talk about it. Oh, yeah. Um, and there is still a stigma attached to mental health, although I would say that's probably lessened in the last few years yeah. with COVID. That yeah. has. I think COVID now again, yeah. COVID has impacted two sets of people, the old and the young. Yeah. And certainly the number of, you know, social um, disquiet among young people, you know, who who are social anxiety. Yeah. They have, you know, worries um, that they would never have had before COVID. Yeah. And I think it, it impacted certainly the tenants who would have been in Shliella who were doing well. Yes. But then COVID brought their world down very small again yeah. and brought them back into that place where they were isolated and mm. um, where they had been. And then what we would be seeing, I suppose, in Shiel at the moment is a lot of young men um, coming to the service in their maybe 30s. And again, you know, by the time they'll get to Shliella, they've been with the mental health services for a bit of time. Yeah. Um, And so some of our work this year, and we're looking at is preventative, you know, preventative programs, making people aware of the link between, I suppose, mental health and addiction 
that that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the interesting things I think about Stella, because I'm only there two years myself, is the market and how that has produced the stigma of mental health. And in COVID... This what is was, the market that you hold? Yeah, housing. in the summer. Yeah. yeah. And what happened, I think, during COVID is that we had a lot of people come to the market to talk about their mental health because it's the kind of place you can talk about mental health because right. it's a mental health charity. Well, it's the Shliela is yeah. uh, as the title. Yeah. It's a different way. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. See so if people come in, like local people, into the... Because we have polytunnels and they'd be starting to talk about you know, their mental health, how they were feeling during COVID and talking to the volunteers about mental health as they were looking at the vegetables mm. or as they were asking questions about vegetables, you know. So it wasn't necessarily a one, it was a one-to-one without being a one-to-one. Correct. Um, yeah. And we've often, what we've done now is if somebody wants to come down and see the place or look at the place, we'll say, come down to the market, sure, meet us, we'll have a cup of tea. And you run that every month, is it? Or what? Every Saturday. <laughs> oh, every Saturday. Uh, from May until October. And then we have a big market at Christmas. Right, OK. So anyone interested, Liela, from May to... October, October, Halloween and, and then the and big Halloween, Christmas market. A big Christmas market and go down there and have your one-to-one. Yeah, maybe. and have a chat, come and have see us. Chat. Yeah, and uh, we get people coming back every Saturday who just like coming out. Right. They talk about coming through the gate, the energy of the place. Yeah. The stall holders, I don't know if they make any money, but they come back every Saturday because <laughs> they like it. Yeah, um, yeah. And but you have a great team there. We have a great team and yeah. I suppose we've had a lot of events last year which were kind of fun events because... I suppose that's the other side of it. You know, mental health can be hard and I suppose you need a bit of fun as well. All right. So what we're talking about then is tailored courses for the needs of the individual are absolutely paramount. Absolutely. And and the length of their stay or whatever um, is, is determined s- by themselves. Well, in a way, they can stay up to 18 months. Up to 18 months. Yeah. And right, then I suppose a- there's a programme in that they'll come to Burton Park, which is yeah. high sport. They might go to the cottage, which there's no staff, but they're on the grounds. Yeah. And eventually they'll go to the transitional house in Charlie, right. where there are no staff living there, but right. they go in once a day. And between the farm then and the bakery, there's... Dependent, yeah. yeah. Somebody might so think, routine, yeah, yeah. routine purpose. structure and purpose. And some people love the farm, some people love the bakery. Yeah. So probably in the last year, what we've now decided is, look, we'll have a bakery team and we'll have a farm team. Yeah. Well, that seems to make sense. Yeah. 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 No point in putting somebody. Who not really. No. No. <laughs> not really. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much no for that, problem. Jess. Um, Colette. Colette Ryan is here from Carebright. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a big organisation. It certainly has grown over time. You're talking about home care for over 400 clients delivered by 200 staff. That's some, uh, some I suppose, business. And especially, is it, it's, a, it's a not-for-profit, is it a not-for-profit yes, business? W- this is our 25th year, actually, yeah. um, that we're in operation. So we'll be celebrating our 25th anniversary in September. Yeah, so we were, we're, we're a social economy business, social enterprise. Right, but you started um, off with home care in its kind yes. of widest sense. We started off in, in Churchtown, ironically yeah, enough, yeah. Um, where Shliela is, oh, that's is, right, is there. Off, yeah. uh, we started off in Churchtown we start, and, and in hospital. And I suppose it was the enterprise boards and Ballyhower Development, Do um, Hallow had come together and looking at areas that there was black spots for back then, that time for employment. And also looking to leave. So was the first move, the first reasoning behind it was to create employment? Just create employment right, and okay. alleviate loneliness. Right. For older people. And and then there was no tailor-made or professional home care services. It, was a, it wasn't heard of. So I suppose there was HSE, traditional home help, but it was 
it was performed by people who were neighbours. Right. And it was predominantly female and they weren't even getting a wage as such, you know, yeah. from there. So I yeah. suppose we looked at, at at that area way before home care and home care packages were, they were set up 17 years ago by Mary Harney um, when she was minister right. at the time. And then we became a provider of, of, of home, the home care. care. You, you Really, it's only that long ago. Yes, uh, back then, you know, up to 16, 17 years ago, um, the home care wasn't a business really it was it was um it wasn't um it wasn't known people weren't getting professional home care well it was either the onus was left on the individual family yeah well families were were looking after i suppose and and there was organizations predominantly at that stage charities Mm. um religious organizations um caring for carers carers association the alzheimer's association they were there so it has become very different now and home care Thankfully, is is more. Yeah, people are. You know, you people know, are aware uh, yeah. and receiving home care. Yeah, and there's not a kind of, I suppose, a stigma no, nearly attached no, to it that they all. didn't care. No. It's like when no. people say they put her into the home or yes, whatever. No, I mean, it's that that's all gone. I mean, we used to. You know, it took us a while to get. You know, even for a staff member to wear uniforms, our our yeah. our, our clients didn't want somebody to come in with a uniform. Yeah, or they didn't want the neighbours looking. The car to yeah. pull in the front door. You have to go around the back. That's all changed now because yeah. people know that, you know, to get that little bit of help with your normal, you know, your, you know, in the morning, at lunchtime, in the evening is important. But the, the number of staff, 200. Um, yeah, how that has you reduced find? a little bit now because we have, um, we've obviously had been hit over the pandemic, people retired, people had autoimmune illnesses and that. So, yeah, so we're, we're still up in And total. are you actively recu- recruiting? Always, yeah. We, I mean, I suppose it's never been as as difficult to attract people into this business and industry, which it is in home care. Mm. It, it, it's quite difficult because... Um, you know, because you're 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 traveling all the time, right. you're in your car, but it is also if it's for you, it's for you, it's and for it suits you. into people. And is it still majority life. women, or yeah, is there are is. men now coming well, in? Yes, as we have men. Well. Yeah, we do. But I suppose of the workforce, it's it's ninety five percent female, and um, the rest is, is is male. So one of the things that over the years you probably noticed then was the increase in patients with dementia. Yes, and in various yes, forms. Yeah. So you've really gone into. A, a kind of a Liela when it comes to the care you're delivering there. Very much of it is now geared towards people with dementia. Yeah, I suppose what had happened was we we were always providing personal care or socialisation or rehab care for people living with dementia. And, and up to maybe 12, 13 years ago, some of the care managers who would manage out in the um, in the home care part of our business would have said that, you know, people were going into nursing homes at that stage a lot sooner than they should have had. Yeah. And we've come a huge way in, in opening the stigma with dementia. There's still an awful long ways to go. And I suppose we looked at that and and I'm the the general manager and I have a voluntary board and at that stage we looked at what are we going to do you know were we going to look at part of our mission and our statement is you know to look at at areas where other organizations mightn't go near or look at and and through various different in you know meeting with different people we then looked at well we look at housing and accommodation and care for yes. people living with dementia because, you know, nursing homes have a place for everybody, you know, and absolutely, you know, we've seen 
older people who've been really isolated, who've got good health, thrive inside in nursing homes. Mm. And, and that is a place for well, everybody, I mean, they, you know, for people. For they're, some, they're warm, absolutely. they're washed, yeah. they're... It, and I suppose not only that, your, 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 your normal activities are seen to, but also if you don't see anybody during the day mm. and if the only person you see is a carer once yeah. a week or yeah, twice do, a week. There does seem to be a bit of bashing in nursing homes yeah, though, there, at the moment. You know, it's like, well, there is. I mean, there I mean, is, hugely is. There's a lot of nursing homes closing down. I suppose the funding model that we have is totally inadequate. But, but like as our society has grown, as as families are working, mm. as families are getting smaller, you know, there's a place for everybody, and yeah. some people can stay at home if they have family. Not everybody yeah. has a, family a locally or even. Or, the country. Yeah. So I suppose we looked at that and, and then we looked at models abroad and um, we looked at a model in the Netherlands called a Hodgeway and we went over through Ballyhower development, we got a grant and we and we looked at a site visit. So we took, I suppose, that is a gated community um, 20 minutes from Skip Hall Airport. It is, it is high rise. Really? And yeah. um, it is it is a community where everybody is living with dementia, everybody. So that whole connotation that we had of somebody in, you know, in a kind of a secure place and all of that was completely different. There was fountains and there were people, there was no bells, there were no, everybody was just walking around. So when I visited, um, we didn't know who was living there, who was working there or who was actually you know, visiting. Right, okay. So, every, you know, you didn't. So we took that and it was a long journey and we got funding from the department, from the HSC, from JP McManus Foundation and our own mortgage that we have. Hence, we have to keep fundraising for many years. And, and we built what we built then. Um, in and how Broth. many units is that? So what we have is that we took a four acre site. It was the old microterm site in Broth. Uh, we, we were looking for sites for many years because we wanted to have be on the edge of a village or in a village. Yes. That and that was sense. really key because we didn't want to be in the middle of nowhere. Mm, it's really mm. important for people to be included in there. Mm. Um, so we have three homes and in each home we've had, we've got six people living in a household. So the household is where I there's suppose... There's a kitchen. And there's a, a kitchen. There's a living room. Private bedrooms. There's a private bedroom which is larger. There's an, an ordinary bed that you and I would have at home single or double. Um, and if people then progress they get the profile hospital bed there's a small little garden so you have all these different things that you see and it's very the concept is very simple when you go into congregated settings or into a residential or a nursing home you don't have the ability to make a cup of tea or put the toast on in the morning no so this is what we have it's a it's a kitchen like you right. and I would have at home and anybody who comes in is still able. So our criteria is that you're coming in, that you're still able to do your normal activities of right. daily living, that you can open the door, you can walk down to our cafe, you can help. And that we have nurses and we have healthcare assistants so that you have you have um, you can bring your own pets. We have two dogs. You can go to the garden. There's no buzzers. There's no locked doors. It's a very simple idea. 
but it's based on a lot of mental health or disability. That model that in disability you're moving from congregated settings. But yeah, I but suppose, it's giving people control, like with yes. you, Jess, in Barton Park. Well, I suppose listening to you, that's exactly kind of what it's like in yes. Stiella. It's a big kitchen. Everybody comes yeah. in there, makes their tea. The tenants do the cooking for each other. Yeah. It's a community setting. Um, there are no locked doors. There is no. It's exactly the same, actually. Yeah. Um, and it is hard to tell who's a tenant, who's a staff member, because everybody mixes freely. And, you know, the tea break at 11 o'clock is everyone's in there having tea, do you know. So like what mental health services have gone from the congregation yes. settings that we used yeah. to, we're trying to. Our only problem is that we're just one in Ireland. Really? Yes. Are you still the only one? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not going it's not attractive. It's not attractive for a business to take on because you've economies of scale, you've a smaller biz, you've a smaller amount of people, you don't have the income. So so we are hugely suffering. And have you a waiting um, list to We try have and get a waiting in. list, yes, we do. But obviously then People as well, I mean, it's been on the on the radio recently, people are coming in at a later stage. Mm. And I suppose what we want for people is to come in on, nobody's going to come in an early stage because a lot of people, when they're living with dementia, people hide it or people don't really know the signs. So you or I might know the signs either. So people come to us in mid-stages because what we believe is that if you come to us in, in the mid stages of dementia, you, you'll be able then to get the best out of the house. Right. And to have, you know, we're not prolonging the illness. We're yeah. not able to. No, but you, you, can you won't outrun the quality it. Of, yeah. of your life. Yeah. In, so we so have a waiting list. Did you say so again? we've got three homes and we've six people living That's in each home. 18. 18 right. in total. Yeah. Right. And you're, you still you have a waiting list. We have a waiting list. list and we have people, you know, coming all the time. A lot of people would come from not just Limerick or Broth. People would come from around. But I suppose it's it's our belief that, and we have a, our Minister for Older Persons, Minister Butler, is, is very supportive of this model. And we're right. really grateful for that and trying to get a proper funding model so that it can be replicated. Right. Well, you want more. Do you have to look for funding every yes, single year? Yeah. Well, we, we anybody can, you know, if you're looking for to, you know, to go into a nursing home, we're on the same list. So it's fair deal. Right. But I suppose I suppose as part of being a social business or economy, you know, a social enterprise is that you're, you're, you're tackling the difficult things that other organisations don't want to do. And well, sometimes well, you have to take a hit. Yeah. And both that can of, be hard. Yeah. Both of you are kind of first in the country yes. doing what you're doing. Yes. From the point of a board of that organisation, to have that courage to to do something new, different, that, that you know, may not work, may not work, you know, depending on the circumstances. What kind of challenges do your boards face? I think because they're generally voluntary bodies. Yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all voluntary. people in the community. Yeah, they're all voluntary trustees, in, in my case, I suppose, and very committed to the concept of Schliella. And all were very involved I would say in Stiella in the early stages mm. um, and because like yourselves we're the only project like this in the country although there is another one to open outside Kildare called Kiri Farm in 2024 mm. um, which will be similar to us but probably on a bigger scale right. they're looking at 40 40 places and yeah. they've been down to visit us and we've been down to visit yes. them to try and help them to set up but they're looking at that it'll be funded through LEA or right. through your private health But again insurance. the board you know or your trustees The board yeah I think they're so committed to it I suppose over time they've been so involved there have been I would say difficult decisions for them to make like when they got the funding with the HSE for example there are lots of policies and procedures yeah. and regulation even if you take I suppose the charity regulator 
and all of the regulations that come with that. Mm. There have been difficult decisions where people obviously didn't want to come off the board because they were so committed to it, mm. but they had to. Well, that's it. You, you only yeah. serve so many years. Yeah, but they were so they're so committed so to it. Right. You know. Okay. And um, what about your board? Yeah, our board. You know, I suppose yes, you do take difficult decisions. Yeah, like these are volunteers. They're all volunteers, the and and I suppose like you know we've got a large turnover. You know, yeah. you know because we're a large business, so so financially there's a lot of responsibility on a board yeah. um, and more so these days because you have the charity regulator you know if you're being funded by the HSE and that's all well and good because you need to have checks in, in place so so there is but you have to I suppose we've been looking down through the years that we've had different people at different stages and you know to, we've gone through huge transformation but you've gone from a startup from being just you know yes. your care packages yes, for people yes, living at yes, home yeah. to then providing some accommodation yes. and to then seeing the need for this yes. specialist kind of unit Yeah, and there's going to be so much more need for that into the future Yeah, like at I mean, the moment we like we run a daycare a social club we run a cafe commercial cafe we've the residential we've got the home care we look after um priests living in different dioceses and we've chiropody so we've a mixture yeah. so it can be it's it's far we've always been very lucky in and having people on the board who are true volunteers and community at heart right. i think that's okay. important isn't it yeah and and you do so you do a lot more than yes. just provide yes. accommodation yeah. and yeah. care and for people care. it's a bits of everything really, lots of everything <laughs> yeah just Jess, in terms of um, Shliella, you know, you have, uh, what did you say, seven or 12, 12 we, people? Well, we've, we're funded for 12 people to stay right. with us. But what a bit like yourselves, what's probably happened over the last couple of years is that what's grown really probably at a rate that we didn't think it would grow at is post-tenancy support. Right. So while we might have 12 people between Charleville and Burton, we have another 10 people now who, who have gone through who have gone through the programme who are now getting looking, backup support. Yeah, and now we're giving them post-tenancy support around housing, around linking with services, around their mental health, around it must referrals. It's difficult for people, you know. It's very difficult for people because a lot of the time mental health is very isolating. Mm. So I suppose when they leave us, it's about are they going to transition back into their family home? And often we will work with the parents as well. Mm. So that's the other section that we work with now, which we didn't maybe always work with as we much. work with the families of people who have mental health issues and right. what's it like now that this person is coming back into the family home. And a yeah. bit like yourself, often they're elderly parents who might find it difficult. Yeah. Um, so there's all of that pieces to our work, which there probably wasn't, I'd say, maybe well, a few years ago. And is what, what is the demand then for the primary care as such? For yeah, well, I suppose... An emergency it, admission or oh, you have well, your waiting list. We do, yeah. So as of November, our waiting, our waiting list went up to 10. Um, and we've, I suppose, the other pieces, we, we envisage that waiting list is probably going to get more enlarged as time goes on. And what are the odds of getting additional funding? Like you are relatively well funded. Relatively, yeah. Yeah, by the HSE. Yeah, we, and to be fair, we have to really, we're so delighted that we are. Mm. Um, that really would require, I suppose, more applications to the HSE in terms of funding mm. for additional places. I think one of the things, we're funded by Cork and Kerry. Yeah. And um, we often get requests from people over the border in Kilmallock or Newcastle West, mm. but we're not allowed to take them because we're only funded by Cork and Kerry. So if we were funded by the Midwest HSE or if some of the beds, additional beds were funded, we would take those people. Yeah. And when can you both, you know, kind of look at this? I mean, when do you go beyond being the first in class as such, the, the only one providing this kind of range of services? When does something like you know, it's nearly yeah. a pilot, become mainstreamed. 
Yeah, I suppose in, uh, that's the thing. And then listen to Jess there, like that is the challenge because you, you're doing something. When you're doing something different or unique or the first it's not easy. Yeah, and you don't and know from one like month the, to the next yeah, where you your don't. funding is. Yeah. So you're the you're the maverick in our case. I suppose it's 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 where it's our homes that we have in Broth, and that's new and that's different. So you spend, I'm sure it's been the same for Shlele. You 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 spend years of your trying to devise a concept. You devise the concept, then you've to, you you develop it, you devise it, then you run it, and then you're in a phase then that you have to try and persuade people that it actually works, works. Yeah. <laughs> that it actually does yeah. work and it yeah. actually yeah. is yeah. is there. So I suppose that's where we're at now that people are living with us, that they are, you know, it, it is a good model. There's all different, I would never have thought this, but there's all different stages, stages yeah. of, of running it mm, and yeah. And then you have to have evidence and you need yeah. backup from studies yeah. from from people mm. and that mm. you're not just this maverick organization decided to take something on. Yeah. You know, and why doesn't everybody else? So there's different stages, but it has to, I suppose, then be sustainable for the future yeah. and yeah you know, be, you know, be financially viable. And as I well. suppose Shriella has kind of gone through some of that because it's been in operation for quite some time. So it started off in the community, started off informally. It got the Section 39 funding. We're now into the whole thing of next year, we're going to do a piece of research, a service level evaluation, key, key performance indicators, um, evidence based. And then I suppose, luckily, I suppose if you take Curie Farm, they're replicating some of what yeah. we do. But there are different stages, I think, in the development of yeah. an organisation that starts off very much well, in the Well, it community. certainly seems to me, listening to you both, that um, this particular area, health as a social enterprise, is far from simple. Um, yeah, but it's so needed yeah, in both our cases, yeah. do you know? It's so needed. simple, I suppose, because you could have a good idea, yeah. but then you have to, you're dealing with vulnerable people you're yes. dealing with complex clinically complex and I suppose you you then it's when the idea becomes something and then it's when you become regulated and and all of that but I suppose you know you have to have the fundamentals right and you have to have your governance right but you also have to I suppose it was the same with in, in Churchtown there you have to have the community behind you yeah. very important it's so important very important yes, yes. I can imagine yeah, yeah. And, and why wouldn't the community behind be behind people so giving support to people with dementia? Oh, of course they were. And of course, we're delighted to be with yeah. Broth. But you have to, exp I suppose, it's what you're doing is that you're explaining to people. Right. You know, you're explaining what we're actually doing or what, yeah. you know, because you're coming into an area and you're going, OK, we're going to build this. And if nobody right. knows what you're doing, it's like yeah, the proving. Yeah, they get suspicious. And we were very lucky because we did public meetings and, yeah. and then where we were very nervous about is that we opened a cafe. Mm. So when you come in, mm. you've got a cafe mm. and the cafe is open to everybody. Is that and in Croom now? No, it's in Broth. Right. So we were delighted and we're delighted with that because what's happening is people are coming into our cafe who don't even know possibly no. yeah. that we have. People yeah. are living there, yeah. people living with dementia. So that was, that was a really important thing that you know, we haven't, you know, for us in Broth, it, it, it's been great. Like we've been delighted we made that move. And I suppose equally so for ourselves, the market, people come to the market on a Saturday yeah, um, and they really don't yeah, know exactly. that we're a mental health yeah. charity yeah. Yeah. or they don't know maybe why we're 
Yeah. Then that's part of the job we're looking at now in some ways is kind of increasing awareness actually mm. by buying your apple tart. For example, yeah, we've started right. to look at that, that by buying your apple well, you tart. you can put a little message on are, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's And that's so important that you're doing something like going yeah. to the market or coming yeah. in for a cup of coffee and then you might see, oh yeah, maybe maybe here or, you know, and it's taking away the stigma that you yeah. go to the market, Shiel, yeah. that people are there, they have mental health issues yeah. with us. People are, you know, it could be any of us can, you know, yeah. there at any time yeah. live with dementia or, or mental health. And issues. I suppose, and the same with mental health, like I suppose with the apple tart, like we've been just really discussing this is we're going to put a little thing on the back, which is five ways to wellness. Yeah. And one of those is sit down and connect with somebody. And, and I suppose the whole thing of sitting down, connecting, having a piece of apple tart, but by buying this apple tart you're actually supporting us so is there nobody clamouring at any of your doors for give us the the, the plan of action and, and we oh, can there do is. this. I'm just doing the service I level wish. agreement. <laughs> uh, well, no, there's not. There are people who come to Shiela like last, about two weeks ago, we had, I had a young woman who was an occupational therapist in the HSE mm. and who wanted to come out because she wants to set up something like Shiela and we were discussing about, you know, how might she do it? Um, would it be a social farm? Would it be a social enterprise? Um, how would you get funding from the HSE? So f- we have in the summer, we have a lady coming from Australia who social farming isn't that big in Australia but she wants to come and look at Shliella and in the summer we have somebody coming from America who's working there with two students and she's an OT person and she's coming to look at our model so we we get lots of people actually to come and look at the model of Shliella Yeah actually. but I mean that would seem to be the way to re- replicate it because you, you we need to be putting more people through that system we need to be yeah. able to provide services for them well, it's a bit like yourself. I think it's about probably the evidence base, the research and seeing, you see, you do have to win yes, people. You have yes. to, you really yeah. do to prove what you're doing is actually working is and it it's okay? different and it's going to be for the future. Yeah, you know? but, but you had to have put a four acre site together. Yes, you had yeah. to build a yeah, building. Did, yeah. I mean, how much did that cost you? Well, over the whole lot, I suppose, was over five and a half million. Yes. Yeah. And how much of that yeah. did you have to raise? Oh, well, we had to raise at least, uh, we had to raise ourselves over a million of that. Yeah. That yeah, is so still, yeah. I but we're mean, still raising, you know, and we're still fundraising for our normal costs and all of that. So, yeah, so it is, that's what I mean about a board and taking the courage. You you have yeah. to take the courage and just go for it. But also, you know, there's a long run as well, you know, to make sure that it's viable. I think it was, was it Maggie Thatcher who said community is dead? It's basically, there's no such thing as community. It's individual, every individual for themselves, yeah. more or less. Yeah. But certainly listening to the themes that we've discussed here on social enterprise, you know, the, the volunteerism, the commitment and hours and worry and work that people put in to these projects is just yeah, something And else. it's not just, I suppose, the board. And look, I, I probably have to say, Shliella wouldn't exist as it is now without the volunteers who come into us. Yeah. So like, as you can imagine, organic farming is labour intensive. Yeah. So we have people who come in on a Tuesday and a Thursday to help us with the farm. Um, they love they love doing it themselves, but we couldn't exist without them. We have people who come in and help us with the market on a Saturday. We couldn't exist without them. Yeah. Like we we're very we're always trying to see can we help others. Like and I was saying to you, we had some dementia patients who came to have afternoon tea. We've had St. Joe's Foundation out. I just think uh, the volunteering is very very important for us. We because we do we wouldn't we wouldn't exist yeah. without it. We wouldn't. And with the people that you and we, you know, are working with us as well, it's so important, I think, to have, you know, there, there, there is a difference when you're working, I suppose, you know, when you have people working with you, when you, you know, from 
that your ethos remains the right. same yeah. and well, especially you're true when you go to, to your ethos. To, you know, yeah. 200 care, carers, yeah. 400, yeah. you know, clients yeah. as such. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that they're big numbers of people and then to provide the specialist services on top of that. So one wish, if you had one wish so to, the one wish, would happen. Um, the one wish that I would really love to see in, in dementia care is for a, a community like ours to be replicated in various different parts of the country because it's no, it's no point in having what we have in East Limerick if it's not going to be replicated and for the government to seriously fund and look at how we are going to look after people living with dementia for the future. And especially when there's much more numbers of people. Absolutely, it's problem. so much. So, you yeah. know, the, the, the people of Well, I hope 50, they come knocking at your door, Claire. Yes, and hopefully. You, you, you'll be able <laughs> We're to give them positive the for this year, yes. And what about you, Jess? If you had one, one Yeah, I, I, it's funny what you, when you say that, because I think as well there should be a Shlela in every county in Ireland, yeah. that there should be an option for people that they can they can have up to an 18-month mm-hmm. place where they can go recover and they, they get post-tenancy support. Mm-hmm. And I suppose for ourselves, I'd probably look for more funding because we are running a shoestring like yourselves you know that's always a challenge yeah well look at I, I wish you the best of luck and um, and I certainly think you'll have inspired our listeners who may not have known about what was happening in Brough or the you know the, the cafe that's over there or the markets in in Barton so look at thank you very much ladies uh, thank really you, appreciate thanks it thanks very much and thank you if you're interested in hearing more and you want to follow up on anything that we've spoken about today, check out the links on the show notes for this episode. So um, anyway, thank you very much and continue success. And I hope to see you in every county in the country. Thank you.